0: In this episode, we discuss whether or not mixing multiple genres works for this style of game, how much does UI affect an experience, and just a quick PSA, there are three different versions of this game in existence, all with slight tweaks. I played one on Steam, my brother played one on Vita, they are the exact same experience as far as story goes, but that confuses us a little bit, we realized that after recording this episode, so keep that in mind. So the version I played, this is Larry, was released in 2014. Michael played the version in 2016. If you're confused, so are we, but we got there. (laughs) Enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to Bits of Time, but hold off, I'm doing a little aside. This is a random game. Maybe you haven't even heard of it, but you clicked on this episode, I appreciate you. But this is Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? And after spending 3 hours, 53 minutes, and 17 seconds with Mystery Chronicle One-Way Heroics, found my way to the credits, and it's, uh, I think I've seen enough. Even though I feel like I've only scratched the surface of this game, not really worth my time overall. And I am Michael... Nothing heroic. Probably going one way in life. You know, it's the only way we can go. I'm your co-host. Mike, I think we just have encountered the first
0: ever unique, I think, fascinating stat that just happened.
1: How long was your playtime? Three hours, 53 minutes, 17 seconds. Yeah,
0: I didn't do the seconds. My playtime was three hours, 53 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) What? And I have a love-hate relationship with this game. Uh... I don't know if I would recommend it either. You remember, I think it was not this past summer, but the summer before we did the top five remakes remasters? Yeah. I think this needs to just a full-on remake to give it another shot. The number one reason for me is I've never played a game in my life that gives me information overload like this game does, and the freaking UI is atrocious, like (laughs) beyond bad. I almost quit playing multiple times because of that, but that's a whole lot for the beginning. (laughs) Nope. <laughs> we get into it. <laughs>
1: That's good. So, Mystery Chronicle One Way Heroics was developed and published by Spike Chunsoft and released on September sixteenth, twenty sixteen, here in the states. <laughs> Clever name because it is very literal. All you, this is a auto runner RPG where you are just going from the left side to the right side
0: you because can the go world up and down. is being.
1: You no, know, you can go up and down, yes, but the world is being destroyed as on the left side of the screen. So you got to keep going. generated
0: on the right side the, of the right screen. side of the screen during gameplay sometimes which is very unfortunate.
1: So, <laughs> I we we don't paint me a picture of what the mechanics of this game is cuz this is uh this is an interesting one.
0: Paint you a, I mean you kind of already did it. It's an auto runner auto attacker. You are dealing with a
1: game sort of auto attacker. You get to pick the direction of okay, where you're, that, you're facing. That that's
0: it. fair. You can it's it's basically like Vampire Survivor's Light, sort of, yeah. I guess would be like an interesting way. But it's also you have a mechanic where every action you do in the game, time passes technically, even though it's I think it's feet. Like Because you have this darkness that's constantly creeping up on you. So you can't lollygag going up and down trying to deal with stuff. If you can't pass an enemy that's in like a dungeon, you have to be like, okay, wait, can I make it through this before the darkness gets me? Because when the darkness hits you, you're dead.
1: It's not dark. It's like a purple light that's just
0: evaporating. Whatever. I consider it (laughs) dark. But but I guess the one clever mechanic to this is because the levels are auto-generated, not only are you kind of focusing on your attacks and things like that, you have to kind of plan your path because you can get stuck.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So when you go up to terrain like water or mountains, you take that much longer to get over there, and you have stats of... Uh, I don't remember the signifier, the shorthand like AP or whatever, hmm. action points or something. And you have a certain amount of those, and you, they can only be replenished by visiting a town or by eating certain foods. And with it being auto-generated, you have no idea where those are going to come from.
0: When I tell you the eating a food thing, w- when we're killing all the wolves and stuff like that, I'm like, come on! I was like, I was like can I have good. some of them?
1: <laughs> Drop me something good. Say, like, I want to eat the wolf. <laughs> And I think the thing that, so I did ended up doing 15 runs of this game. The fourth run I did, I got to the final boss, Alma. And there were so many times, I think it was like run six or seven. I'm like, I'm just, I should be done with this game. Because I would get to a part where I feel like no matter what I did, an enemy would spawn that would kill me. Yeah, I feel like there was, like it I just couldn't escape. Like I remember, you can save mid-run on some things and reload it. And I did that, I think, twice because I was like, "Oh, I'm really far. I'll reload this." Well, wasn't there, there was a consequence for doing that though? I yeah, thought. there
0: is something I can't. Which is another interesting some, mechanic.
1: I think it affects your score or something. I can't remember yeah. because every single time you play through a run, you can transfer over some items you get, and then points unlock for different classes Which and all that Which is the roguelike. Yeah, okay. and you can get different skills, so there's a lot to do, but I feel like there was a point where I like, I cannot do enough damage to this guy to get past him. Like, So I tried to skirt around a different way, it didn't work.
0: So, my one of my biggest complaints is this is a prime example of a game where, and I think... You had a similar complaint to Hades that this one does, where there is just clear-cut decisions that were made that you can't get past this point without dying and reloading and powering yourself up multiple times. And it felt like it hit very quickly to a point where it's like, I felt like when I hit that almost specifically, it was just like, I'm not even close to fighting. And, I, and so for me, it was... The discoverability started going away really quickly because I was like, okay, well, I just need to make a couple runs, upgrade myself so that I'm strong enough. But there wasn't a lot else to do. It was just I was doing enough so that I could bring stuff over to my next run where games like Hades and stuff for me or Vampire Survivors, there's enough other things to keep me occupied. Where in there is some cool discoverability stuff, right? Like, like I got assassinated by an assassin once in the woods. <laughs> like I was like, "What? What's this? What happened here?" And so, and then the I, idea behind there was one time I think it happened every other run for me, and I, I'm not exactly sure how many runs I did by the way, but I would go to a shopkeep again; those are randomly generated, and then they would get attacked by bandits. Afterwards, mm-hmm. and it felt like that happened like every other time, and so there are things that happen that make your runs unique, but there is a a wall you hit because this is a very short game. The reason why we're already talking about the ending is you can beat this game, and like I, I don't I don't know how the how long to beat is, but I'm pretty sure you could do this in, like an hour or two hours. Yeah, I, I had beaten it probably almost halfway into my playthrough, like an hour and a half in, maybe even less than that. And for me, that's pretty good because I usually play slower.
1: Yeah, I think I got to Alma at least. Three or four times before I could beat her, and c- the mechanic with her—that's not really a spoiler in this sure it type took of game. Me six times, I think, yeah. for me. Where, if you survive a long enough time, you have other people that join you. And you that- got to survive for one hour. Yep, and so that's a cool mechanic. <laughs> yeah, by the way. I-, I like it because there's people backing you up. But can I also
0: say they did it the smart way because it wasn't. An hour worth of time goes by and then they show up magically to help you out. It's your, they let you know ahead of time, hey, survive for an hour. And so it's like you have two different types of game. That, that's almost like a boss form, if yeah, you think right? about it. Because yeah. it's like, okay, I just need to survive for an hour first and then I get some extra help. I thought that was kind of clever. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think there's enough going here. If you, if like, if this is your jam, this is going to be your jam. Like if you want to upgrade a base, you know, Try out different classes, min-max your stats like this game is going to be really good for that. That's, there's, it's just so weird. Did they, you have a go-to stat? Uh, not a go-to stat, but I had a go-to class. So I wrote down all my classes and which ones I use. So out of the 15 runs, I did the swordsman one time, the archer three times, sorcerer one time, Knight seven times and pirate three times. Yeah, okay, we played this
0: game very similarly because uh so I, I tried the source for quite a bit, but the knight was bar by far my most used class.
1: Because you took you could take more hits. And have feel more like health, that was more life. So I guess that's my the stat that I would <laughs> recommend for, is, yeah. yeah, like, otherwise you die so quick.
0: Can I say, so when I first started playing this game, I was I was trying to be cute with it. So I think it was the charisma stat in this game allows you to, like, the merchants and stuff, their products are cheaper and you can sell. So it's, I was like, okay, let me do that because that's helped me in other games. I think the one complaint I have with this game Outside of skills needing specific, like they need a certain amount of agility or a certain amount of this, which one of my favorite skills actually required agility, I felt like strength and vitality were just the most beneficial for me. It was, I need to hit this person hard enough, quick enough, so they don't do damage to me, but I also need enough damage, and that kind of hurt me a little bit because it was like, it felt like, okay, well, that's the very basic answer to this, and it worked for me here.
1: Yeah, it's funny when simplicity sometimes is the winner at the end of the day. One thing I go back to, I think it's not about you always hit a wall with getting through the game. I think it, the problem is the balance is off. Like there... I like when random events happen, but if it's just a random event that an enemy appears that kills me in one shot, that's not fun. I mm. feel like they need to balance it a little bit better. But also, there's a very weird thing: you go and you pick what world you go into, and I still do not understand it. Mike,
0: the you okay? So I'll just I'm gonna drop the uh, the big one on you here. Uh, so I ended up paying for this game. You lent it to me. Okay, I I couldn't deal with it on that small screen.
1: <laughs> oh, you <laughs> played PS4? I,
0: nope, nope. I bought it on Steam. They had it on sale for (laughs) $2.34. Okay. So I played it on my computer, and guess what? The UI doesn't get any better. (laughs) You get into a menu screen here, and there's, like, a million different options. And I'm like, what? Like, the fact that I had to even decide what's the default game mode. (laughs) It's confusing. It's like, okay, it's, like, the 400 meters. You know, it's like, basically, you have to walk 400, whatever it is, and then the boss will pop up. And, but there's so many random little options with, there. there's like this, it'd be like this game seat of like AXV213564, yeah, I, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I, I literally was like, if it wasn't, if I had played this game on Steam first, I would have possibly been like, did I buy like a, is this like a user generated mod and not the actual game?
1: But no, this is the game. <laughs> it's very confusing, because there's also a refresh of... The world, I think, or like what that world you can do. I, I honestly, I. You want something? I've played this almost four hours. I still don't understand it. The thing that was also wild to me
0: was, at least on, I can't remember if it was on the Vita, on Steam, they actually have in the menu system you can post your runs to Twitter. <laughs> 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 like it literally is an option on the menu, and
1: I'm like, what? That's <laughs> weird. It's so strange. Maybe, maybe there was that in the Vita, and I just didn't realize it. Maybe, (laughs) yeah. This
0: is well. I I would doubt. I have no
1: idea. Actually, yeah. Probably there probably is that. Yeah, it's to to look.
0: So yeah, the UI and I guess for me the big thing that I had an issue with was, whenever you would like go to the menu to like look at your inventory, like every freaking menu on planet Earth popped up all over the place. And I understand like if you're someone who's into stats, yeah, and and I am to a point, but this game is so overkill because it's it's not that like. They slowly introduce you to everything. No, it's, it's everything at once. Everything all at once. And it's to the point where it's like the first time I played this, I think I played it for literally 15 minutes and I sat it down. I was like, okay, well, I need to be in a mood for this game. And then I played it again for like an hour and I felt like even an hour in as I was doing my runs, which I guess this could be kind of a benefit. I was kind of just org- organically figuring things out,
1: which works. But I didn't need a little bit more direction. But yeah, I
0: definitely didn't feel like... It was like, am I actually playing it optimally? (laughs) Am I missing something? And so there was a lot of that with this game.
1: (sighs) Yeah, I feel like I was confused by what transferred over and how much space I had for the longest time. After like run three or four, I was like, okay, I think I get this, but I don't know if I'm utilizing it correctly. Mm -hmm. I didn't know... Should I be identifying items to save them to use them for a different class?
0: Kind of cool that you can equip identified item or unidentified items. Just yeah, you don't know what they it, do. It, if it happens to be better, you can at least still use it and then identify it later,
1: <laughs> yeah, which is. Interesting. Uh, All choice.
0: Uh, and this is this feels like such a neat little trick that maybe like JRPGs do from time to time. But the fact that you can throw your healing items at enemies and it'll heal them. What's
1: <laughs> <so cool, laughs> like- like- the point of that? Like,
0: the fact that that was like coded in just cracks me up.
1: Maybe it works in like some JRPGs. You can throw a potion at a an undead and it'll hurt it. Maybe I never tried it in this game, but maybe that works.
0: Yeah, I guess I should have thought about that because especially being like an Elder Scrolls player, that would have been something that would have worked. But And
1: they do have this mechanic where after a certain period, you make a healing item, but then you have to use it Mm -hmm. or you have to take it out of this box that you get. Yes. And then it starts doing it again. That's all the time. I'd forget about that thing.
0: You know, and we're kind of all over the place, but that's kind of the UI forces us to be all over the place in the design of this game. But I will say the one thing I really appreciated was the fact that you always could see the map while you were moving. So you had to kind of decide, am I going you know, through here? Do I want to try through this dungeon? Do I want yeah, to go through the forest? Yeah, it lays out the terrain for you. Well, the awakening. The fact that you use that, which pauses time so you have a brief period of time. So you could kind of like, there was a little strategy there where you could be like, here, I need to backtrack. backtrack. I want to go grab and check out this dungeon real quick. You gave yourself enough time where you could like sporadically use that. And I appreciated that. Like your ultimate skill
1: is what it would be called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so I liked that part of it. And so there was some decision making. But
1: I definitely used that in Alma. That's how I probably beat it. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, literally almost everything. So that was a mistake I made in the game early on was I actually was using it way before that. (laughs) Because I'd be like down here. I'd be like, no, I want to go check out the dungeon because I know it's going to have good gear. So I'd go up there. And then there was times where I'd run out and I'd get stuck in the dungeon. And I was like, I can't get out of here in time. This freaking <laughs> enemy that I'm fighting, just apparently
1: I'm doing .01 I know. damage. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I've, that's why I generally veered away from the dungeons because I couldn't beat the enemies in time. And the towns, I wanted to utilize them more. But I feel like I never had enough gold to actually buy stuff or equipment that would help me. So it usually was just, I'm going to rest. Okay, here we go.
0: An interesting, I guess, praise I can give for a game that's auto-generated like this, maybe it's because the map was small, I always got this odd feeling that the world that you were in felt lived in. Like, it was like you were, there was nature, there was the enemies. It felt like when I was getting raided, there was always that sense of danger. There was the, they did a good job atmospherically of making it, for a game that is just 2D sprites and just on a screen, I actually felt like the world I was in was in danger quite often. And Mm -hmm. it was weird that in my short playthrough time that was something that actually I enough that I wrote it down. I it actually did jump out on the page to me.
1: I also like the beginning intros to the world as it's loading. They're very like character driven without you knowing the characters, but they're also I think they're supposed to also be like hints and advice mixed in. It's very interesting. Well, okay, so speaking
0: of advice, when you died Right then, you got the talk about like there was like the planned story of like how you died and what yeah. the enemy did <laughs> yeah. to you. But then there was you would get a suggestion of, you know, maybe you should try this. Like I thought that was clever. I, I, I definitely had fun with the fact that like if an enemy killed you, like they'd be like towering over you, you know, hungry, starving themselves, and you're like, oh, so you just said that I was gonna get eaten there. Yep. You know, it was like it was pretty clever in that sense. Yeah, but, I've
1: never seen a game do world building like that, but also how. Maybe not even world building, but like story-wise, it's such an interesting choice. But you kind of have to do it that way because you don't have time to do info dumps in this game because the clock is ticking. Can I, can I ask, so did the final fight feel like a final fight to you? <sighs> Somewhat, yeah, I guess. Because she was so strong and because of the uh, comrades joining mm-hmm. you. But it, there wasn't anything that felt so different about it that it felt it was just a slight step up. I I was kind of I was expecting just
0: based off of the nature of this style of game I I think I was expecting a little bit more with the last boss fight
1: because like it it felt like a little bit more flashy or something. Yeah
0: with one of my big complaints being that there's just some of the enemies in this game are just freaking sponges. (laughs) You just attack them forever and she was the same way and so that was kind of one of those issues where I feel like we encountered that and I was just expecting a little more. The party members joining you, I thought, was a really nice touch, and that did help it feel like, okay, here we go, all of us
1: versus the final boss. But I, I'm on, I'm on two wavelengths with this. If they change too much, then you know it's that typical, oh, the last boss. Here's a whole new mechanic. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. But also, you want to make it a little bit more grandiose, so. I think they did the right choice, but I don't know what else they would have. maybe just flashier effects or something like that.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and maybe even like if there is a new mechanic, introduce it at the beginning of the boss fight when you're going to die, anyways. Then you're like, okay, this is something I have to prepare for.
1: Mm, yeah, uh, maybe.
0: But yeah, uh, outside of that, something you have to prepare for. I, I've harked on the UI quite a few times. Can we just also add that, again, this is just the era of the freaking blue text menus? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's Not
1: the era. This era has been going for very long. But I, that's I, the case. I, I know, but it's
0: just—it's amazing to me that that was back. I was playing that, and I was like, "Really?" It's—it's <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed
1: to invoke that old nostalgia. I'm sure. Yeah. I Although wonder. There's nothing nostalgia about this game. Minus maybe the sprite work. Well, the, the, so that's kind of why I was—I was kind of fascinated at
0: your suggestion of this game because I know you knew that I was kind of going through a phase with roguelikes. Uh, it did make me wonder if there's. That why there wasn't more games like this though, because it feels like it was so easy to create. I'm sure this game didn't take. Right. Maybe, maybe that that's probably naive though, because there's a lot of systems that are built there's underneath. There's a lot
1: going on. And a lot of stuff I still don't understand. Well, because like I did Room see stuff. But.
0: Well, so when I beat it, too, I actually wasn't. I didn't know if I because you know with these games sometimes you're like, did I actually beat this game? And so I went on to how long to beat, and it showed. I think it was like between an hour or two hours you can beat it on the one run. The completionist is like 30 hours. Or
1: something yeah, there like seems to be. A lot of probably, there's probably an ultimate Alma boss mm-hmm. fight or something like that. And a, there's so much stuff to unlock. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, it's, it
0: is insane. Yeah. It's again, it, my biggest thing is, is I felt like, I guess one of the biggest knocks is my inventory always felt like I had a lot of stuff in it. And I was only ever looking for specific. I got to a point where I was only like, okay, I'm looking for a new weapon. Where's my food? Where's my energy? And I kind of ignored a lot of the rest of the stuff after a while. I did and,
1: try and use some of the stuff. There's one where you like build a bridge over terrain. That was yeah. helpful. Yeah. But again, since it's randomly generated, how often am I going to get that? So I can't really rely on it at the same time either. So it's an interesting choice which I know a lot of roguelites do, you know, I can only use this weapon on this run or yada yada. Did you have a
0: go-to skill?
1: No, not really. Yeah, I so just, the- I just want to use that awakening skill and then just yeah, the one Smash that... Smash, everybody!
0: So I did end up going away because I was the knight. I went away from the vitality, and I, I, I used agility. There was a, a skill that's called Folding Fang. And I have I feel like in roguelikes, this type of skill always works really well. And so the point is basically, you do a lot of damage to them, but when you damage them, they do less damage to you. Mm, and nice. that seemed to work out really well for me. And that that when I started utilizing that skill, and on top of the fact that since you had to pump up your agility... It increased your combos too. So there was like a, it was, there was multiple things working for me. And that's what started helping me get through the dungeons to get better gear quicker. Once I did that, that was like, I think the one and only time where I was like, oh, okay, something kind of clicked. Mm. But then all of a sudden I got to a point where I had still died multiple times. And it's like, what? This is the, the weirdest example of when I beat it, I was kind of like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Th- that was kind I, of it. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't feel much. <laughs> I, I didn't really feel like I beat a game, it feels, it, it, which is a really weird thing to say about it. Because I don't mind the ending and stuff. It's just, mm. yeah, I don't know what I was expecting or what I wanted more. But yeah, I guess the only thing that clicked for me is, yeah, I want a stronger enemy that can take more, or stronger character to take more damage. Hence why I picked the knight seven times. did keep track of your kills. I killed people with the knight 225 times. So.
0: I, I really should have kind of look at some of those stats
1: but yeah Uh, yeah, there's stats galore if you want it that's for sure yeah Uh, going back to why you think there's not too many games like this i think it's because it's a very niche i mean you're thinking out of scroller rpg roguelike like that's an aglim (laughs) what's that word a A of so many different things that Usually don't work, but I know that's kind of the trend right now. I mean, this is 2016, 2015, if you got the Japanese release. We're getting into that era where, yeah, let's take this genre game, turn it into a roguelite. So combine Mm -hmm. those. I think this maybe was a little too early. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely, because as far as roguelikes go, obviously, you know, you have the more successful ones like Hades and stuff like that. But Vampire Survivors is kind of like the closest one where you're like, you look at graphically... Oh, this works cuz look at it, it hit the mainstream. And so it would be interesting to see maybe something like this that, you know, expand upon it a little bit, do something better with the generating worlds, keep the art style, completely overhaul the UI system and just clean it up a little bit so you're not in menu so often cuz that's one of the beauties of games like Vampire Survivors and stuff is you're not in the menu system too much. Now there to that game's fault a little bit. You really have to memorize what combos of like unlocks you do, otherwise you're gonna hamper yourself in game, anyways. But yeah, it's you're not in the menus too much. It's just you're just playing, and you're. The
1: problem with this is this is an RPG, and RPGs are very menu driven.
0: Yeah, which and who knows, maybe that is an argument to be said. Like maybe that's why it it shouldn't be a thing ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
1: (laughs) But Larry, if you were to take. A well established series to fly into a game like this. What would you pick?
0: I, I legitimately actually didn't write down an answer for this You're one. Off. So I'm, I'm really thinking like on <laughs> screen or on podcast right now because I initially did. M- he, he usually is the one that comes up with these scenarios, yeah. but
1: for some reason he didn't do it for himself. This <laughs> time.
0: Yeah. So for me, the initial one that pops in my head was the Dragon Quest series because I, th- I feel like you have lighthearted characters. You They've already done, it's one of the series that they've already tried offshoots of different, like they have the builder or whatever mm-hmm. it is too. Builders, yeah. And so you already have like lots of different items and stuff already in place. And so maybe you could try something like that with like auto-generated dungeons in the build version of it with the RPG mechanics on top of it. Uh, obviously Final Fantasy. It seems like you got the sprites and stuff like that that would work up pretty well. But this is not my area of expertise, which is why I asked you this question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, one, I don't really want many games to follow in this footsteps. Sorry, one-way heroics. Uh, but Persona. I think Persona would work because of its flashiness. I think the art direction could be really cool. Uh, you could do quick in-and-out fights. And then the, you know, you could still build the social links with characters. So every, every new run, kind of like Hades, where it unlocks a new story stuff, you could do that.
0: Well, and then that, that franchise has already really clever and really clean UI systems anyways. So that would maybe alleviate one of my concerns. And I think
1: it being set in a city like Tokyo, cause a lot of them are set in like busy cities. I think that could be kind of cool where the layout is switching every single time.
0: You Those. go through schools, you could go through like sewers, you go through back alleys. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Yep. Yeah, that that works for me. I, again, like I knew mine was going to be a problem there. But yeah, I think Persona would work out quite well. But I feel like the overall theme here is Persona, Dragon Quest, Final
1: Fantasy. Stick to what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> for the most part, <laughs> maybe that, we'll talk about that in another episode. Probably. You never know. Thank you for joining us. This was One Way Heroic.